Friday. Welcome in to the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, September 25th. Today we have the return of the legendary Teddy Pristash, my good friend from up in Syracuse, New York. Uh, We go through the slate of weekend games, making our picks against the spread. Uh, Pretty good opening week for the two of us last week, both of us in the green. I went 13-2. Teddy went 8-6-1 because he refused to bet against the Jets, even though we all know if he had to put money on it, that's where he would go. Um, So stay tuned to see if he does that again this week. Uh, It's the battle of our teams, too, with the Colts taking on the Jets. So a lot of fun conversations in today's podcast. Um, Nothing really else that I want to throw in there. We had a, a, you know, I guess it was an exciting first half of a football game. Um, There was a lot of scoring in that first half between the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Uh, Brutal way to lose an over. I think, I mean, what was the score going into halftime? There was at one point, I I don't know if it was 28 points in the first half or even if it was up to 35, but... Virtually no scoring in the second half. Even a little bit of a Jags comeback would have hit that over. Um, I was in on Jaguars plus three, so it's always great to uh, to make some money there. Um, really, what we've got is is two teams that aren't going to be great, um, and they kind of went back and forth. There's a lot of pressure put by the defensive front of the of the Dolphins onto Jacksonville, and I think that was the difference in the game. You know, Garner didn't have a lot of time in a comfortable pocket. Lose your center to injury before the game starts, and then left tackle gets ejected on a on a to me a bad call by the referees there. So you already have uh, you know you're struggling to create an open pocket for Gardner, uh, let alone missing your left tackle then and losing him. So kind of just of a messy game for the Jaguars. Look, both of these teams are not going to be winning a lot of games this year. Um, both will probably be the bottom. Uh, actually. Meh. Jets could probably still be the bottom of that AFC or that AFC East. So, um, really, you know, just a just a Thursday night football game there. Not a whole lot to talk about. So yeah, I, I hope you guys really enjoy the conversation uh, with with Teddy and I going through each pick against the spread. Um, let's make some money. Hope you guys enjoy, and uh, we will see you on Monday where I will be recapping all the games over the weekend. So without further ado, I'll kick it on over to uh, my conversation with Teddy. Week three picks against the spread. He left us on a cliffhanger last Friday when he hinted whether or not he'd be back. He did just all right enough with his picks to decide to give it another go for week three. Welcoming back on Teddy Pristash, doing some bets against the spread for week three of the NFL season. Teddy, how you doing? Doing well, man. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Now let's let's get this thing out there first because I'm I'm interested to see if this has any indication of how we're going to do this week. Last night, were you on Dolphins plus three or were you Jags minus three? Yeah, so I actually was uh, on Jags minus three. Mm. So you take last week, I thought the Bengals, well, the Bengals actually covered last week. So so I'm one and one the last two weeks on Thursday night. The Jags just really, um, they didn't didn't look the way I thought they were. I thought Gardner was going to come out and be slinging the ball. Mm -hmm. um, And they just. They, he looked bad, you know, and yeah. their offensive line looked bad. Oh, yeah. Gardner Gardner played one of his worst games. He looked really good the first two weeks um, and just looked, yeah. looked really bad this week. Um, bad turnovers. He had, uh, what did you say in our group chat? He had happy feet. He was yeah, he, was just, he would be in the pocket and then would just start, like, freaking out and start running. And, 
you got to you got to be able to hang in there, step up and make a throw, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And then also, you know, the, the offensive line, they're missing their starting center. Then your left tackle gets ejected on what look, I I thought that was a dumb ejection um, halfway through the game. I, I get it. You're making contact with a ref, but in the bottom of a pile, I think even I think even Troy Aikman said the same thing. Is it's like you don't know who's like touching you when you're in a pile, so right, you just right. want to get bodies off of you. So you lose your left tackle at that point. Um, brutal, brutal for the over, man. I um, I had the over at 46, and uh, that wasn't a lovely one to, to miss out on. I so you were on Jags minus three. I was on Miami plus three. Um, Ted, I think I'm getting a little bit of my own echo. I'm not sure if that's something that we can. Yeah, I got it. Okay, perfect. So yeah, so I was on I was on Jack or Dolphins plus three, so that helped me out. But I, I put way I put enough on the over that I was barely in the green yesterday. So unfortunately, the over didn't help. I also had uh, over six and a half points for the Jaguars kicker, which didn't go well. So I, you know, it was it was an interesting Thursday, but um, yeah, and yeah. And just to be clear, you know, I, I I did stay away last night. I didn't really love. Okay. Um, I didn't really love either of the spreads, and I I would have taken the over if I had gotten it earlier in the morning, but it had. Dude. It moved to from like forty four to forty nine on my site, so so I stayed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I think I think that's kind of just a great thing to bring up about last week. Um, I mean, you did great last week with your picks against the spread. I did a, a little worse, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. if you're listening to the show, um, you're you're getting good picks, the picks that we actually like. So, exactly. so maybe we can replicate that again this week. Yeah, yeah, we do this. We do this just because there's, you know, we want to put every game out there just to see how we do. But we'll always tell you what we like more than other games. Um, and so I, I think we were talking before the show at the end. I think, you know, I mean, during the games we can talk about if we really like the bet. I think at the end we can go ahead and just group together our favorite three. Um, but, yeah, speaking speaking of how we did last week, um, Teddy, you were 8-6-1. I think you would have been 9-6 and six if you had just actually decided to bet against the Jets, as you probably right. would have. Um, so 8-6-1 uh, and one is, is a great start for, for the uh, year. I had a very surprising 13-2. Uh, and two. Uh, The only ones that stung me a little were the uh, Chiefs and the Saints, which, um, you know, just tied in with a lot of teasers and parlays I had. Those two outcomes didn't lose me a whole lot. It lost me maybe around... Oh, I don't know. Actually, you know what? I, I did put a lot of money on that teaser, so it probably lost me around sixty bucks in total. But potential winnings of like nine hundred bucks that just went through the window. <laughs> Especially the Saints, man. The Saints, I had them teased down to plus two. They couldn't even cover that. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. a tough game without Michael Thomas. Oh, it sucked. And and, and actually, that's that's a, a good thing that we'll have to address for uh, Sunday night football when they're back in action against the Packers. Um, but yeah, winning weeks for the for the two of us. Um, you know, not a not a whole lot that was uh, that that went wrong. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say before we get into it. I think we should just. Uh, let it rip, go into these games. We'll start with the early afternoon slate, work our way down through Monday Night Football, um, provide some uh, some news and notes if we've got them. And, and how's that all sound for you, Ted? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, perfect. So I'm going to I'm gonna save this. We'll, we'll go down a, a different order than what's on my screen, screen right now. We'll go over the order that we talked about. Let's start off uh, in Atlanta. We've got the 2-0 Bears, the surprising 
2-0 Bears. Uh, fresh off a win last week against the New York Giants that they almost let slip away. I think it was 17-13. Um, taking on the 0-2 Falcons, who have just had a disastrous start to the season. Uh, you know, brutal loss. You know, they got really picked apart by Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in Week 1. Then in Dallas, they blow just another unbelievable lead. Uh, 29 to 10, including 10 points in the final few minutes there with the uh, onside kick recovery, giving up the field goal. Ted, uh, as a as a guy that was on special teams, what what's the conversation on, on onside kicks? They have to know that they can jump on the ball, right? Yeah, yeah, and that that is one of the most. Um, I think that's one of the most like classic things that people don't understand is that on the return team you can touch the ball within 10 yards. Um, it's the kicking team that can't. But I think sometimes the return team knows it needs to go 10 yards, so they're hoping it doesn't or whatever whatever the case is. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a crazy play, and honestly, just a, a great, great kick, you know? Yeah. I didn't think it was going to go 10 yards. Oh, it was a perfect <laughs> kick. Yeah, it just kept going and going, and, and the yeah, that's the frustrating thing. You had the Falcons players standing around it for a while, just, just not deciding that they, they wanted to jump on it. Um, Dallas ends up winning that game. Heartbreaker for the Falcons. Um, really interesting, though, that the, the big thing with this game, you look at the line right now. Falcons, despite being 0-2, taking on a 2-0 team, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, Teddy, what what do you make of the line, and then what's what's your pick when we go through this game? Yeah, um, so I think with a lot of these games this week, it's week three, I think we're going to um, kind of just find out more about who teams are mm-hmm. now for example you take the bears who are 2-0 but they've they've beaten the giants and and had one good quarter the, against the lions, the lions. Mm-hmm. and it's just and then you have the falcons who who are 0-2 but they played the seahawks and the cowboys you know so right. so i think this line kind of reflects the fact that the bears are 0-2 and the falcons are or the bears are 2-0 and the falcons are 0-2 but i think the falcons are just the more talented team um i'm just i'm gonna take that minus three and a half um, I just believe in their talent more than I believe in the Bears. I think the Bears, like, good for them for getting their wins against bad teams, but, mm-hmm. but that's just what it is. They're, they're, they're be- beating bad teams, you know, and I think the Falcons are a better team at least, so I think the Falcons are a pretty good play here. Exactly, yeah, the Giants the Giants game specifically, the, the Lions one is tricky. Um, you know, they really, you know, it was an impressive fourth quarter comeback. Um, the Giants game, I mean, they really struggled outside of David Montgomery to do anything against a really bad Giants defense um, and then even you know with injuries at running back and receiver Daniel Jones was about 15 yards away from winning that game for them uh, I'm all with you this to me is the worst 2-0 team taking on the best 0-2 team um, so I've got the Falcons winning this one I've got them covering three and a half um, and and yeah we're starting off agreeing I think that I think that Kind of to what you were saying in terms of like week three, we're going to get figure out a lot about these teams. Um, I always go back to the mindset where it's these teams are always a lot closer to each other than you think. Like obviously teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Seahawks, they're all above everybody else right now. Um, But I think outside of like the top five to seven teams from like eight to 28, they're all pretty close in talent. So yeah, um, yeah, I would agree. I, I think that the Falcons get to one and two. I think the Bears suffer their first loss. Um, and, and yeah, so we start off agreeing. Um, let's move on to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals traveling to take on the 0-2 Philadelphia Eagles. 
one of these teams is going to end up with its first win of the season. Bengals, Joe Burrow looked very impressive on Thursday night football in week two against the Browns. Uh, the Eagles, man, one of the most disappointing starts, I think, in the league right now. I, I was low on them entering the season. Uh, they've got a lot of injuries that they're still working through. Um, they did a lot in the offseason to improve the secondary, but now it looks like the front seven has some problems. Eagles open this one as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Ted, what is your breakdown? What do you like in this one? Yeah, so for this one, I again, I don't really love love this one. I think you're going to be hearing me say that a lot today. Mm -hmm. um, but so my thing is Carson Wentz has kind of been playing, uh, despite his first quarter um, of the season, he's kind of been playing like the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah. Um, so... I'm just going to take the Bengals. I like what I saw from Burrow last week. Um, I, I, I just like the way they were able to move the offense. They covered the spread last week. Um, I just I, I, I don't want to believe in the Eagles until they show me something to believe in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to take the Bengals plus four and a half. Um, don't love this one, but but that's definitely going to be my pick. Just because I don't, I don't want to rely on the Eagles. I don't want to have to root for them um, when they haven't showed me anything yet. I completely agree with you. The, the Eagles have been one of the more disappointing teams, as I said, you know, at the beginning. Carson is a huge role in that. Um, you know, there's only so much that he can do with what's around him. Um, but we've seen him look a lot better with, you know, marginally the same amount of talent before. And he definitely looks like he's taken a bit of a step back. Um, not only am I taking the Bengals plus four and a half, I'm taking the Bengals to win this one. Joe Burrow getting his first win as an NFL quarterback. Um... Really, what it boiled down to me was is that the Eagles just don't do enough on defense to disrupt you. And while the Bengals do have a problem on the offensive line, um, that front seven hasn't been able to put pressure on now the Vite, on the the um, Washington football team and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, if Burrow has some time back there, I think he's going to be able to make things work. And then. Um, the Eagles, man, on offense, you know, I, I think they have a favorable matchup this week. I think we get a, you know, kind of like week one, a lot of action from the tight ends. Um, but I, I just, I think that this Eagles team is going to have a, a real down year. Um, falling to 0-3 is a scary start. I think that they do end up probably more in that 6-10 and 10 range as a team. But um, this will probably be the wake-up call game for them where they come out and they have to turn it around in week four. Um, so... I'm with you, Bengals plus four and a half, and I'm also taking them to win that game too. I like it. Perfect. All right, so we're two and two and two for two uh, on agreeing on picks. Uh, we are going to stay in the state of Pennsylvania, where the Houston Texans, another uh, disappointing 0-2 team with a very talented quarterback, traveling to take on a 2-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, which are led by that uh, really terrific defense. Um, the offense has been, you know. Uh, Flashy at times. Ben hasn't looked awful in his return after missing uh, the majority of last season. Um, big, big step ups from the number two and number three wide receivers to help out Juju Smith-Schuster uh, in Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, the rookie out of Notre Dame. Um, line opens up. We've got it at Steelers minus four. Uh, Ted, I'll be honest. This is a game I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable with the line. I do have my pick, uh, but where are you going with this? Yeah, well, like I said last week, um, I think the Texans. I think the Texans are better, obviously, than zero two. They've had to play the Ravens and the Chiefs. Um, last week, the Steelers disappointed me um, playing against the Broncos. Especially Drew Lock goes down. 
um, and Jeff Driscoll comes in, and there's they still couldn't cover the spread. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of my that was one of my picks that I really liked last week that that didn't come through. Um, and I just I don't think the Texans are going to start 0 three. Um, I think Deshaun won't let them honestly. Um, I think they have the talent to put up points um, despite the Steelers' defense. So I'm going to take take the Texans plus four. I don't think they'll go 0 three. Um, Steelers disappointed last week. I think Deshaun is just the, the X factor that's going to get him over the hump. So I, I like Texans plus four, and I also like Texans money line. Yeah, hey, I'm with you. We're three for three now. I've got the Texans plus four as well. Uh, just as you said, the the Pittsburgh defense, um, it's not like they struggled. You know, the Broncos didn't put up a ton of points, but Jeff Driscoll was moving the ball on them um, with, a you know, missing one of the running backs, missing some receiver help. Uh, so... I, I don't feel great about Pittsburgh. Um, I think that, you know, you take a look at who they've played as well, too. It's not necessarily the toughest opponents to start off your season. Um, you know, week one, you play the Giants, and, you know, we just talked about how bad they were. Um, and then we talk about, you know, the Broncos. It was a very close game that I think, you know, they almost could have lost to a backup quarterback. Who knows if Drew Locke is in how that game goes. Um, and then the Texans, I agree with what you said. Sometimes they're just games that Deshaun Watson will win on his own. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those games. I think the Steelers' defense does really well against, you know, locking down, you know, certain receivers or really annihilating the run game. But when you have, you know, otherworldly talents like Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson that, you know, you can't really you can't really plan for how they react when the play is broken down. You know, they're such good improvisers, and the Steelers are so, so predicated on, on staying true to their defense, uh, making sure that they're covering everything the way that the, the play has been drawn up. I think Deshaun Watson can have a few tricky plays in there. I've got them pulling out the win as well, too. Um, like you said, I don't think they're a team that I could see falling to 0-3. Uh, Steelers, 2-0. It's a little fluky, kind of like the Bears when you take a look at who they've played. So um, don't feel as great about it, but but plus four, and I'm taking the Texans to win as well, too. Um, so let's move on now. We're going to go uh, over to New England. Uh, matchup of the 2-0 Oakland Raiders, or sorry, Las Vegas Raiders, um, who really took it to the Saints on Monday Night Football. That offense was all gas, no breaks. Uh, taking on the Patriots, who are fresh off of a... Very narrow defeat on Sunday Night Football to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Cam couldn't get into the uh, into the end zone on that final play. Really exciting game between those two teams. Um, Patriots have this one right now. At, we got it at six and a half. What website I'm looking at right now, it's moved down to five and a half. I've got it. We had it at six and a half when we closed this thing midday Thursday. Uh, Raiders really exciting offense. No defense. Patriots, talented defense. Uh, very exciting offense. Teddy, uh, what's your breakdown of this game? Yeah, so um, my site also has moved to five and a half, which I think is interesting because the first uh, first note I made about this game was I thought the line was a little disrespectful to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what the Raiders did um, on Monday night against the Saints was very impressive. Granted, the Saints didn't have um, Michael Thomas, so they kind of weren't able to stay on the field as much as they'd like, but but the Raiders really limited their opportunities and, and we're moving the ball, we're running the ball well. Um, I This is a game I don't love. Maybe I'm just not giving the Patriots enough credit, um, but I think the Raiders just look good. I think they'll keep it close, so I'm going to take them plus six and a half. Um, 
I think this is another great game to just see. We get to see where these teams are at. You know, mm-hmm. like are the Patriots going to start to become this dominant team with Cam leading them, or are the Raiders are the Raiders finally like taking that step forward? You know, I, I think this is a great game for some for that storyline for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just think I th- I think uh, both these teams want to take over the game take over time of possession, be running the ball. So um, just a little extra bet. I'd probably take the under here. I mean, both yeah. offenses can score, don't get me wrong, but I think I think this is going to be a quick game uh, just because of the way both teams want to play. They want to win. They want to be able to run the ball, control the clock, control the possession. So, so I'm going to take the Raiders. I don't love it, but, but I think this is a really interesting game. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, very interesting game. Like you said, there's still stuff that we have to figure out about both these teams. Are the Raiders legit? Um, are the Patriots legit? I'm going to go on the flip side with you. I'm going to take Patriots minus six and a half. Um, my thing with this, uh, in terms of just taking a look, you know, with the Patriots, this is going to be a big game, like you said, to figure out what they really are. And what I mean by that is, you know, you narrowly beat a division rival like the Dolphins. Yeah, it really wasn't that close of a game. The score was a little close. Um, I think, you know, a 10-point win over a, a really bad team. Then you narrowly lose to a really talented team in the Seattle Seahawks. You're moving the ball well on them, put up a lot of points. The offense is very exciting, the way that they have this thing going with Cam Newton. This is to me where you see, okay, are the Patriots going to be able to take care of those mid-tier teams? I'm not fully bought in on the Raiders right now, um, but the Patriots, if they're going to be a legitimate playoff team, I think this is one of those games where they really have to um, impress defensively. Um, and on the flip side, if, it, if I'm taking a look at where I don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders, I think they got a little lucky on Monday night in terms of, okay, no Michael Thomas. Um, you know, the, the difference to me, I, I like some of the players on the Raiders' secondary. The front seven is really empty for me, and I think that the way that the Patriots are formed right now with just bashing people at the line of scrimmage, I agree it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I've got the Patriots really just taking it to them between the tackles again and again and again. It's like that Marshawn Lynch video, and again and again and again. Um, I've got the Patriots winning this one. I'd probably say it's – I think they at least win by a touchdown. I could see it in the double digits. Defensively, you know, the the Saints have a good defense – and, and, you know, the Panthers don't. So those are the two opponents that the Raiders have faced so far. I think the Patriots are a much tougher test. Um, and, and especially in a situation where Bill got to really see how the Raiders wanted to take advantage of a good defense like the New Orleans Saints um, and who they necessarily picked on in the Darren Waller matchup. Um, what, what, what's his name? It's the old guy there that used to be on the Eagles. They really just tormented all day. Um, Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, they just... They, oh, the, there you the, go. The yep. Raiders just... Picked on him all game um, with Darren Waller. I think the the Patriots have a really good sense of the game plan that the Raiders are going to bring up to New England, and I think Bill and, uh, and and Steve Belichick will have the answer there to uh, take it down. What do you think about Steve Belichick, by the way? The little tangent, real quick. Um, you know, I just think he's kind of like Bill Belichick, dude. I, I love him. He's he's rocking a mullet. He's got a big chai yeah, in all game. Pretty funny. Dude, it would be wouldn't it be crazy if if Steve was like just carried on the legacy of Bill and you just had to live through another era of being tormented by a Belichick in New England? Wouldn't that be insane? I just want the Jets to get a coach that isn't inept. Yeah, oh, don't worry, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Jets in a few games. So, uh 
Okay, so our first disagreement for the day, I take Patriots minus six and a half. You take Raiders plus six and a half. Teddy, did you mention, do you think that the Raiders win this one or do you think the Patriots win close? No, no. I mean, I, like I said, I don't really love this line. Yeah. Um, I think it could go either way, but but I'm just going to take the Raiders just because let's, let's, let's see who they are, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, well, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm really excited to see where you go here. Two undefeated yep. teams, uh, two... Uh, separate, you know, we got our East Coast Buffalo Bills, uh, the the Rams traveling from Los Angeles over to Buffalo. Rams really, really impressive first two weeks. Um, I was a little down on them, saying, okay, if they don't have a run game, if their defense doesn't look as great, I, I'm I'm a little worried. Both have proven me wrong so far. The the Rams defense has looked very good. The running game has uh, looked very established. Not needing to feed Todd Gurley. I think we may have even mentioned this on last week's show. Um, This offense seems to be going more the way that that Sean McVay wants it to go. If you have Todd Gurley, you have to give him a lot of touches. He's a guy that you pay a lot. He demands um, that sort of respect. But I think as we see across the league with teams like the 49ers, um, who use multiple running backs. I think that's just what Sean McVay wants to do. He has the ability to do that now with Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown. Um, meanwhile, the Bills have looked really great in the passing offense. This is where they've kind of taken that next step to being, um, you know, hopefully a legitimate playoff contender. Uh, the only other thing that you have to consider is they've played the Jets and the Dolphins, who, um, you know, don't necessarily have a lot of talent on the back end of their defenses. Um, but Josh, you got to give him credit. He's taken that next step. It looks like the connection with Diggs was amazing last week. And then defensively, they're one of the, the best coach defenses in football um, and have a lot of great talent back there. The Bills open up as two-point favorites. Going to be a very interesting, close game. Teddy, where are you going with this one? Yeah, so this is one of the games I'm more excited to watch. Yep. Um, I think I, I kind of touched on it late uh, last week. If you know me, you kind of know that I just don't really like the Bills. Um, just comes with being a Jets fan, comes with living in Rochester and dealing with those Buffalo fans all my life. Um, but I think I think this is another great game where we're, we're going to get to see who these teams are. I think this is kind of similar to the Raiders and Patriots games, except these teams are slightly a tier above. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. When, when I say I'm not as high on the Bills as everyone else, I I don't mean that I don't believe in their talent because I do. They they showed in that fourth quarter that they can play. I, I really I'm, I'm I'm real close to just giving up my Bills hate for good. Um, yeah. But I. And, and real quick, while you said that, it's just like one of those things. It's like you have to appreciate what a successful franchise looks like, you know, from ownership down to the coaching staff, the GM, they just have it figured out. You know, I kind of feel that way when I take a look at the Titans, you know, who are in the same division as the Colts. I have a ton of respect for what they've done. They've got a really good head coach, a good GM. They have this whole, you know, really great defense, good offensive line. You know, you just have to respect when some teams make it work. That's how I, you know, I gave up on the Patriots hate a while ago. You know, yep. it's, you just kind of have to respect what they're doing. I respect what the Bills are doing. Uh, sorry to interrupt you there. I know you were. Yeah, no, 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 and, and that's exactly what it is. Now, now, the reason that I was lower on the Bills in terms of how I thought they would fare this season is simply because of their schedule. Mm-hmm. And we have to play. The AFC East has to play the two best divisions in football, um, the NFC West and the AFC West. 
And so I think this is just that perfect game where if they win this game, I'm 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 giving up. I believe I, they'll yeah. probably have like ten wins. They'll probably make the playoffs. But if they lose this game, that's exactly what I'm kind of saying is mm. they need to be able to win those games against those average those teams at, that are at a similar level because yeah. you can lose to the Chiefs and the Ravens as long as you're beating teams like the Rams, you know. Um, but I also, I, like I said last week, I'm putting my stake in the Rams, I believe, in, in the way that they have been going. Um, Cam Akers and uh, um, who's the other running back? They've got uh, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson. Malcolm Brown. They're both banged up, Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. Um, but I think Daryl Henderson, is. they just have that next man up mentality. I'm going to take the Rams. I like the Rams. I don't want um, to go against them. Mm-hmm. But but I'll tell you right now, if the Bills win this game, I'm, my Bills hate is done. I, I I'll fully buy in. I think they'll be a, a definite playoff team. Yeah. Um, because they they just impressed me. I want to see it against a good team, but they really have just impressed me. So mm-hmm. so I'm taking the Rams. But but this is I'm excited to watch this game. I'm excited to see, and I think we can draw a lot of conclusions from this game. Yeah, I'm fully with you. I've got uh, this game will easily be on my my Sunday ticket for the early afternoon slate. So. So I agree with you, and then I disagree with you. So I also am taking the Rams plus two. I think they're going to win this game. But just because the Bills lose this, I am not saying that they won't be a 10-win team and make the playoffs. I think if they lose to this Rams team, I think more so what it means is that the Rams are really in that upper tier alongside you know, the Seahawks uh, and, and the Packers. Like I, I think that this more puts the Rams up there while saying that the Bills are maybe just a little bit below. Um, and I yeah, think yeah. I think you take a look at the division, you know, the the um, the NFC West that they'll have to play now. I think, you know, when you take a look, I think, you know, they lose to the Rams, um, as I'm predicting. I think they lose to the Seahawks. I think the way that the teams are right now, I think they beat the Cardinals and the 49ers if the 49ers are still not healthy. So it's a little fortunate for the Bills. They didn't have to play the 49ers in weeks one or two. Um, and I, to me, this is the Rams win this game, and they're just one of the okay. We got to take this team extremely seriously. I, I think it's going to be back and forth. I don't think Josh Allen is going to look bad. I just think that it's, it's um, you know, the Rams are really tricky on offense. I think a, a team like this really makes some head spin if you're a defensive coordinator or a defensive-minded head coach. Um, I think it's going to be extremely close. Um, the Rams defense has just looked really impressive to start the year. And, and, you know, Jalen Ramsey is back to looking like a top three cornerback in football. It just takes time when you go to a new team. We talked about this last year, last week. It just takes you some time um, to get, you know, comfortable in a new scheme, comfortable playing with new teammates. He's looked really good to start the year. Um, I'm in on the Rams like you are as being, you know, one of those top playoff teams, Um, you know, whether they're a really good record and they don't win the division because the Seahawks also have a great record, but they're the top wild card seed. I could see that happening. Um, it's just with with the defense fixed, with the offensive line looking better, this team has way more um, way more of a flow to it, and especially when you can give Jared Goff time in the pocket. So I'm going to take the Rams to win this one. I think they win it maybe by a margin of three. I think it's going to be an extremely close game where the Bills just come up short. The one thing I'll say is, while I, while I agree with you, that, while I disagree with you in saying that, just because if they lose that the Bills can't be, a, a, you know, a ten-win team, I think if Josh really looks flustered, then I'm still, 
then I take a step back on the Bills where I say, okay, right. he just looked really polished because it was the Dolphins and the Jets. I, I need to see I need to see Allen look comfortable against a good defense. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think as long as it's a close game, as long as he limits the turnovers, if he can make those tightly contested throws as he was doing weeks one and two, I'll feel good about them still. Um, but I agree there should be a little bit of worry if he doesn't look uh, polished, I'll say. Yeah, and I, just to clarify, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like giving out up on the them. Bills if they lose this game. Right. Um, but it's just as someone who has been kind of just trying to stand on that hill that I don't think the Bills are as great as everyone thinks. Um, all I'm saying is if they win this week, I'm going to give that stick up. But if they lose, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold true and maybe I'll maybe my prediction will turn to be right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's going to be an exciting game for sure. Uh, this next one won't be uh, on, my, on my Sunday ticket. I am not going to watch it. I really have no interest at all. Uh, the one-and-one one San Francisco 49ers who have um, – just up there with, I'd say, even the Jets now is one of the more depleted, banged-up rosters in football, um, are staying in New York after playing the Jets last week, taking on the Giants. The worry about MetLife Stadium. Uh, Ted, I I am just going to chalk this up to that was a fluke week for them. I don't think the turf in MetLife is necessarily bad. Um, yeah, I've been listening to some things about it. I, I Honestly, I think it's just you, when stuff like this happens in football, it's a dangerous game. Um and people just look for something to blame. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Jets, they have the same kind of turf as like a lot of other teams. They, it's been, it's not like it's new. It's not like they're trying some experimental thing. So I just, I think the 49ers are just looking for, for yeah. something to blame other than just oh. bad luck. Uh, football's a dangerous game. Stuff like this can happen, you know? Right. And I, and I don't blame them for being upset about it. You had a, a team that was a title contender in one week. You, you flattened to, okay, maybe they're going to miss the playoffs this year. Right. Um, so it's a huge swing in terms of just the talent that they're able to put on the field. So I get being mad. Um, I get raising the question. But I think, as you said, if you've been listening to some stuff, I've agreed where it's just like, hey, look, freak things happen sometimes. This is one of those. Um, hopefully, you know, the offense can get healthy in the next few weeks. Hopefully they can find some new guys to step up on defense, especially in the front uh, line with Bosa and Thomas being out for the year. Um, but despite all the injuries, the Giants are still one of the worst teams in football, so the 49ers open up as four-point favorites on the road. Uh, Nick Mullins will get the start at quarterback. Um, still remains to be seen what running backs will be playing, what receivers will be playing for the 49ers, but uh, Ted... Four-point spread, uh, where are you going with this? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Giants with the points. Mm. Um, and the, my reasoning for that is simply, obviously I was watching the 49ers last week play the, play the Jets, and when, of course you never want to see anyone get injured, but when they lose their two best, like two of their best offensive players with their quarterback and Raheem Moster, and then two of their best defensive players, I at least thought in my head, well, the Jets should be able to do something now. <laughs> yeah. And they did it. And I think that just lends itself to how just absolutely terrible the Jets are. Mm-hmm. And while I think the Giants are also bad and are in that tier of probably bottom five teams in the league, I think the Jets are just so blatantly the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think they should have been able to play well against backups. I think that the Giants just are probably will be able to play better and this is a game I'm, i probably won't watch it i'm not gonna bet on it i don't really have any interest in it but 
the Jets should have done better against the 49ers uh, backups last week. So I think the Giants do just that, what the Jets should have done, um, mm-hmm. and at least keep it close. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the Giants, but this isn't a game I love at all. Yeah, I don't love it necessarily either just because there are so many you know injuries on both sides of things. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers to cover. I'm going to have them win by, by at least uh, five points here. Um, probably think it's closer to that 7-10 to 10 range. Where I go with this is I still think that the Giants, just like the Jets, have uh, a bottom two or three defense. Um, it, it's, it's up there. There's not many bodies, uh, especially in the front seven, that worry me. So I think we get a big Jarek McKinnon game or any other running back that Kyle wants to throw there. I, I think that they will just you know dominate in the trenches. Uh, meanwhile, the secondary is still like just like the front seven. You know, it's just a bunch of nobodies right now. Um, it's it's you know Jabril Peppers trying to make things work on his second team. They had to cut some cornerbacks because they got arrested in the off season. It's just a really bad defense. And even if the 49ers are extremely banged up on offense, they still have the best play caller in football designing that game plan. Um, and I think I think Kyle's one of those guys that. In a way, obviously you never enjoy injuries, but he's one of those like mad scientist guys where it's like, okay, I need to, I need to, you know, I, I need to, um, what am I trying to say? I need to hunker down? I, I forget, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but he's, he's probably spending all week saying, okay, how can I get the most out of what I've got currently on my offense? Um, right. I think that they're going to design it up. I got him winning by a pretty fair margin. Um, I don't, I, you know, the Giants, if anything, you know, maybe the return of some of their healthy receivers would help. Devonta Freeman, maybe it can go well, but I, I always like to think if Saquon Barkley can't do shit behind this offensive line, Devonta Freeman, who couldn't find a job this offseason because he demanded too much money, um, I don't think he can do much either. So um, I, I just think that right now this is a bottom three Giants team. 49ers are still one of the best coach teams in the league. Um, I, I'm gonna say the 49ers win this one by by at least a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a really interesting line here too. This next one, we're gonna head over to Minnesota, where the 0-2 Vikings, who got humiliated, humiliated by the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday, um, humiliated enough to the point where I will always watch full 60 minutes of, of Colts games. Like I don't, I don't just skip out. Uh, it was halfway through the third quarter, and I was like, okay, I don't need to keep watching this. They just they couldn't do anything. The Vikings yeah. got nothing accomplished on offense. Uh, the defense was getting picked apart by Phillip Rivers and Jonathan Taylor. Um, meanwhile, the Titans, who are 2-0 and after narrow victories over the uh, Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football to open the season, and then also against the Jaguars on Sunday, they're able to hold off close victories there, um, traveled to Minnesota and are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Ted, this is my favorite bet, one of my favorite bets for the week, um, but before we get to that, uh, how do you feel about this game? Yeah, um, I'm taking the Titans, minus two-and-a-half. Um, just based on talent, I don't think the Vikings have looked good. Um, I think I believe in the Titans. I believe in Derrick Henry, um, like I said last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if A.J. Brown is going to play, but... Right. Regardless, I, I still am going to take the Titans. The only thing that that worries me here, I just I feel, I thought the Titans were going to win both their last two games um, with more conviction, and just yeah. they've been they've just been letting these teams hang around. Um, and who knows? Maybe the Vikings can turn it around. I I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take the Titans. This one, 
scares me a little bit just because I wish the Titans were playing more to the level that I think they're capable of. Yeah. Um, but but I still, I'm not going to falter from the Titans. I like the Titans, and I think Minnesota's a bad team. So Titans mm-hmm. minus two and a half. Yeah, the, the thing that worries me about this game is I'm like, why is the line so low? That's right. what scares yeah. me. Is It's like, what does Vegas know that I don't know? Because when I take a look at this, I say the Vikings, they played the Packers, who have a, a, a decent defense. It's, it's good. The Colts have a good front seven, but an awful secondary. And this Titans defense is going to be way better than anything they've faced in weeks one or two, especially on the back end. You know, the corners and safety play in Tennessee is some of the best in football. So I take a look at that and I say, okay, they haven't been able to get anything going in the passing game outside of Adam Thielen, who even in week two didn't look great against the Colts. You know, they don't have any depth now below Thielen that is really consistent. The tight ends aren't being utilized at all. This, to me, really, the, the Vikings start to the season shows me just how important Kevin Stefanski was to that offense because they look far worse in the run game. They utilize their tight ends way less than they should be. Um, to me, it's just like you said, I think that the Titans, while they haven't been playing to their level that they should be, are a very good team top to bottom. Um, and and the, the Vikings have a really good defensive scheme, but the talent just isn't there. And offensively, they look flat um, these first two weeks. So I go with you. I go Titans minus two and a half. Um, I feel really good about it. The only thing that scares me is why is the line so low? But um, I'm not going to question it too much. I'm going to take the Titans minus two and a half on the road to move to three and zero um, while pushing the Vikings Vikings to zero and three. Um, so both of those teams off to very intriguing starts uh, to the season, both in different perspectives. But uh, we agree on this one here: Titans minus two and a half. Yeah, I like the confidence. Mm-hmm. Giving me more confidence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be this will be one of the games that I do end up betting this week. Um, let's move on now to really just a, it, I guess interesting is the way to call it. Um, we've got the Washington Football Team fresh off a loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Didn't look awful, but definitely didn't get things moving on offense until late. Um, and then defensively couldn't really do a whole lot against the Cardinals' offense. They travel up to Cleveland, where the Browns are fresh off. A bounce-back win over the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday Night Football following their humiliating loss to the Ravens in Week 1. Passing offense looked um, looked really good on Thursday night to complement the running duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which, you know, RB1, RB2, that's got to be one of the best duos uh, in the league right now. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, you know, the three-headed monster in, in San Francisco when McKinnon, Moster and Coleman are all going is great, but I think just pure talent of one and two, um, it, what they've got going on in in, uh, in Cleveland is very impressive. Uh, meanwhile, the Washington football team, really great front seven, iffy secondary on offense. The line just hasn't been holding up that much this year, um, not giving Dwayne Haskins time. Um, and then receivers outside of Terry McLaurin have looked a little shaky. Um, Browns open this one as seven-point favorites. Uh, big spread here up in Cleveland. Teddy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is one of the tougher ones for me um, just mm-hmm. because it's just hard for me to believe in the Browns. Um, I don't – I just – they've never shown us consistency. They've never shown us um, – what we expected from them, I guess, when they when they all came together with Jarvis and um, Odell and Baker, but but like you were saying, the running backs are just phenomenal. Two of the best backs in the league, um, and I just don't think the Washington football team has the talent um, to kind of keep with them. This is another one I don't love. I'm gonna take the Browns. Trust me, if 
throughout this year, um, when we're making our picks, I will probably bet against the Browns more often than not. Um, but when they're playing the Washington football team, I just I don't see how I don't see how they keep it close, honestly. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Browns, especially if they get a lead and they can just rely on Nick Chubb and Kareem Kareem Hunt to just be running the ball. Mm-hmm. Th- those are two just phenomenally talented people. So yeah, I'm going the Browns just based on talent. Yeah, I'm taking the Browns too, uh, minus seven. Um, really, the game to me, while I while I agree, once they're up, they will be able to really run out the clock and keep the Washington offense off the field with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think what's really going to help them out in that first half, especially, is the passing game. Um, if they actually do have things going with Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker, if the Thursday night football game is the start of good things to come, they should have a field day against this secondary that is very bad. Uh, the Landon Collins contract, I was talking with some friends of mine who are, are Washington football team fans. Um, the Landon Collins contract is looking awful. He's, you know, he's not a guy that can really float around. He's more of a thumper, um, you know, wants to meet you at the line of scrimmage, wants to you know, be a hard-hitting safety. They don't really have a lot of protection um, in, on the back end of that defense, so I think that we get, um, I think that we get a really huge showing in the first half uh, in the passing game. Um, whether that's you know Odell keeping things going on, or if Jarvis steps up, or we get some tight end plays in there, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. I just think the secondary can't match up with this receiving core all that well. Um, and then on the flip side. Browns don't have a bad defense. You know, they did allow a lot of points to the Bengals on Thursday night, and they allowed a ton of points to the Ravens. But those are two, you know, the Ravens won. It's the best, one of the best offenses in football. And then Thursday night, you know, it was just back and forth with a, with a quarterback that got really hot. Um, he could be a very good quarterback. We don't know yet. So I know it's, it's, it's easy to think less of the Browns' defense right now, but they do have talent. Um, they are a little banged up in the secondary still. So that's, that is something to consider. But... I don't think Washington will be able to move the football all that much. Uh, I'm really low on the Washington run game now. Uh, we've seen two games now with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. I'm just not I'm not buying into it. I think that losing Darius Geis, albeit a, a separation they had to make, you know, after those charges came out, it was an, it was the easiest decision to let Darius Geis go. But he was by far the most talented running back on that team. Um, so. I'm with you. Browns minus seven. Think they win this one pretty easily. Um, I don't feel comfortable, like totally comfortable, as you said. The line just is is scary. You know, it could very well just be you know a six point game or something like that. But um, I, I'm gonna bet on the more talented team, just like you are, and, and take the Browns at home minus seven. All right, so let's move on to this one. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Chargers right now, which very interesting week that they have had um, with you know having to start Justin Herbert on. What I had called a 30-minute head notice, uh, supposedly it was two and a half minutes that he he knew before he was going to start in his first uh, NFL game. Um, to me, looked very impressive against the Chiefs' defense. Did make some rookie mistakes. Tyrod is still not available, so we're going to get Herbert back out there. He's had a full week to prepare now. And the Chargers open up as six-and-a-half-point favorites against the 0-2 Carolina Panthers, who... Start off the season, lost a close one to the Raiders, um, and then lost by double digits to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 2. Um, I am one that is, you know, th- this game is something that I don't necessarily love to pick on. They're two teams we just don't know a whole lot about, um, especially you consider with the Panthers now, they lose Christian McCaffrey. What's the offense going to look like if they can't have a balanced thing going for Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, defensively, they kind of just look like a mess. Um, Teddy, I know where I'm going with this one. Uh, wh- what do you got going 
Yeah, I just I, I think this just ties back into the theme of the episode. I think you hit it right on the nose that we really just don't know a lot about these teams, you know, and especially with Herbert, I feel like a, a rookies um, in their first game can sometimes kind of outperform where mm-hmm. they're going to be the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to pick the Chargers. Panthers don't have CMC. Um, I, I thought they looked good. I mean, their defense obviously played well, um, holding the, the Chiefs to whatever, how 23 points or whatever it was um, mm-hmm. last week. So I'm just going to pick the Chargers. I, I like what I saw from Herbert. Maybe you can keep it going. Um, but this is a game, again, I don't love it. Um, I just uh, I think it's very important to see where these teams are at um, just for the future of the schedule and, and for our betting purposes in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to pick the Chargers minus six and a half just for the purposes of this pod. Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying with, with the quarterbacks and, and how in their debut they kind of overperform and then it kind of comes back down to earth a little bit after that. plays a huge role into especially in a preseason where you didn't get to watch any film, no team has seen Justin Herbert throw any passes. They haven't seen what the offense looks like with him. So, you know, now there's actual tape out there on Herbert. He probably doesn't look as good as he did against the Chiefs. But the only thing going for him is the defense that he has to face this week is a lot easier than what he was thrown into and now also has a full week to prepare. So I'm with you. Chargers minus six and a half. Um, Panthers, to me, are going to be one of those teams picking at the top of the draft. I spoke on it. Um, my last episode on Wednesday when I was talking about Trevor Lawrence. This is my favorite fit for Lawrence, getting him to the Panthers. Uh, you keep him in the Carolinas, keep him close to Clemson. He's going to have a huge fan base already there for him. You're going to give him Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, a college-type offense with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Um, so I'm all in on the Panthers being really bad this year. Um, and fortunately, the roster speaks to that. They've got a really bad defense. They're banged up. They're missing their best player on offense. Uh, Chargers, meanwhile, the front seven is ferocious. Uh, you know, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram had a field day last week against the Chiefs tackles. Panthers tackles aren't that great either. So um, I expect this one to be a pretty big win for the Chargers. I, I don't, you know, love it just because we're not really sure what a full week uh, of, of studying Justin Herbert will do for an NFL defense. But um, I, I think that we get the Chargers to win this one by at least a touchdown. So uh, make that three uh, picks in a row now where we agree. So, uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, Ted, I don't know if you know this, but our, our teams are playing against each other this week. Oh, yes, they are. Fun one. This will be fun. I know, I think we were texting before COVID when the schedule was released, and I was like, man, it would be so sick if we could go to Indy and watch this, and then a uh, pandemic hit the country. So Yeah, um, yeah. I've been thinking about that all week, actually. Yeah, yeah, we were, you know, <laughs> thinking about going. So, you know, this one... <laughs> The Colts open up as 11.5-point favorites. Uh, the Jets, look, I, I'll try and be nice to you, um, but they really do look like the worst team in football. I think even maybe one of the worst rosters that we've seen in a few seasons. Um, not a whole lot to be excited about. We've talked about this. The excitement, I guess, for the Jets fans is at what point do they move on from Adam Gase and really go into the Joe Douglas era where you can get a really good head coach, start building the roster, you know, this is just one of those seasons, I think it was like when the Colts uh, first brought in uh, Chris Ballard, it's like, okay, well, we still have to get the right guys in this building. So we're going to have a season where we, you know, cut ties with a lot of guys that are making money that we don't think that we should be paying them right now. We're going to bring in guys from around the league, see what pieces we can strike gold with. It's a process. Um, I, I love 
Matt Guy Becton, he has looked phenomenal in weeks one and two. Looks like one of the most talented rookies out of that class so far. Um, so that's been really exciting just knowing that, okay, we've got a building block protecting Sam Darnold. Um, meanwhile, the Colts, you know, they, they, they really uh, were taken aback by the way that they lost to the Jaguars in week one. They turned it around by dominating uh, the Vikings in week two, um, both offensively and defensively. Uh, still don't love the secondary um, for the Colts right now, but the front seven, the duo of Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner has looked really good, um, and it looked great against uh, the Vikings offensive line. Um, Ted, is this just like last week where you're refusing to pick? Are we not going to pick on the Jets all year? or um, are you, are Yeah, you no, I'm not going to pick against the Jets all year, but I have a lot to say. All right, let's hear it. So, first of all, there's absolutely no reason that the Jets, they, anyone should ever bet on the Jets. They, yeah. they, they are by far the worst team in the league. Like it is, it is blatant. Yeah. And I don't, I think their roster, they, they definitely have a lot of injuries. I don't think their roster is as bad um, as everyone thinks. But obviously, with the injuries and with Adam Gase's horrible system, it's just, it's not a recipe for success. No. And now. You, you said it exactly right. What I'm excited for, I think the Jets will look in at again this week and then maybe on Thursday night against the Broncos next week mm-hmm. in front of everyone on primetime. And I'm hoping that that's the nail in the coffin for uh, for Adam Gase. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to bet on this game, but I'm hoping that the Jets uh, fire Gase soon. But when it comes to Sunday, I'm going to be sitting here. I'm still going to be rooting for them to do well as I always do, but uh, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, so so wait, let's see. Are we not putting a pick down, or are you going to? Yeah, no, I'm not going to put All a pick right, down. Perfect, but perfect. That's my know, favorite, we, we that, that was my favorite part of making that graphic last week, is just putting yeah, mine too. to pick. <laughs> um, so, look, I agree with you. It's it's one of those things. Uh, I, I agree with saying, like, okay, if we can get it on national television on Thursday, and if the Broncos, who probably still won't have Drew Locke, if Jeff Driscoll just, like, dominates – then the Jets have to look at Gaze and say, all right, buddy, it's time to get going. So um, I'm going to take the Colts minus 11 and a half. Um, (laughs) It's tough because, like, I probably will end up betting minus 11 and a half, but that's a huge, huge spread. Huge Um, spread. My my thing is, is Colts offensive line is just going to have the easiest time ever um, against uh, against the Colts or the, the Jets defensive front. Quinn and Williams, um, they're probably going to put him over our right guard, Mike or Mark Lewinsky, for the majority of the game. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Really, the only one that I say, okay, the Jets might win some some matchups here is uh, Quinnen, who looked really bad week one, had a much better showing against the 49ers. So that's always something to to be happy about. As seeing your young guys um, definitely perform to the level that you expect them to. Um, I'm taking Colts minus 11 and a half. Uh, I think this is a good team, like you said, against one of the worst teams right now. And yes, you know, the injuries definitely aren't helping them at all at the receiver position, at running back, um, scattered across the defense. The other thing I wanted to mention about this game, the only reason that I'm like, oh, is this a little, is this a little tricky? Um, there are so many former Colts players on that Jets roster. So yeah. many. I think it's up to 14 now where it's like, how many guys are going to be like, this is going to be my revenge game. And then they're going to go out there. Like, like what if, what if Quincy Wilson just makes a play out of nowhere after looking really bad? Like I, there's just something that is like, what if this is a much closer game simply because 
you know, some Jets players just really outperform because they want to do well against the Colts. Like, right. Quincy's the one guy that I say is probably just more than anything just hates the Colts just because of how his career went. He was a second-round pick. He never got things going, really wasn't given much of an opportunity, and then they decided to move on pretty early. Um, so, so that's the only thing that I consider. Like, would this, would this be a closer game? Um, I'll say that if it's close and maybe the crazy chance that the Colts lose, I am all in on the Colts tank for the season. If the Colts lose to the Jets here, Ted, I am all in on trying to get a top five pick for one of these top quarterbacks. That's really how I view um, if the Colts really do look this bad and taking into account that they lost to the Jags, I give up on this year if, if the Jets somehow beat the Colts. So, yeah. uh, so that's where I'm at with this one. Teddy refuses to pick. I go Colts minus 11.5. Let's continue on with these late afternoon games. Uh, fun quarterback matchup here in Seattle. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys and their prolific offense. I mean, God, you, you talk about a wide receiving trio, and there are a lot of great trios across the league, but when you've got Amari Cooper, you've got Michael Gallup, and then CeeDee Lamb, who has looked really good in his first two weeks, uh, taking on a Seahawks team that uh, you know can put up a lot of points of their own. Russell Wilson has to be the early favorite for MVP. I think Vegas now has him as the early favorite. Um, he's been tremendous. <clears throat> Sorry, I think he's got, what, nine touchdowns and 11 incomplete passes? He's just having an absurd season. Um, Seattle at home opens up as five-point favorites. I have I have a really um, – I, I think my side of things is uh, – this game is, is tricky to me, um, and I definitely lean one way more than the other, but I'm interested to see how you think uh, these two teams will fare off against each other. Yeah, you know, for me, I just I think the Seahawks are top three team in the league. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick against them, especially the Cowboys. I just think the Cowboys are inconsistent. I agree with you about their um, their offense and their receivers and Zeke, and but that's all been true for years now, and they've just continuously yeah. been inconsistent and and not had a record that that reflects how talented their team actually is. So I think at some point we just kind of have to um, accept that and stop wishing for um, the Cowboys to be as good as they can be. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think the Seahawks are just a better team. I think, I think, like I said, I think Russ is is going to be an MB MVP candidate all year. Um, yeah. And I just think they continue to, to roll. I agree with you. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. I am, however, going to take the Cowboys plus five. Um, biggest reason being is I think you take a look at the difference of of the Seahawks' most recent opponent in the Patriots and taking a look at how the Cowboys operate. I think that the Patriots' offense almost plays into Seattle's favor, where they're you know they're more talented in the front seven with a guy like Bobby Wagner and a safety like Jamal Adams that just likes to hit you down and stop you in your tracks. Um, and so when you've got a Panthers, or sorry, you've got a, a Patriots offense that is really just dedicated to the run and short passes, I think that almost played into Seattle's favor a little too much. Whereas, man, their secondary, when, when, it, when the time came, the secondary was exposed. I mean, Cam threw for almost 400 yards. Um, Julian Edelman tormented Jamal Adams all day. Was that fun for you to watch, by the way? I know we're anti-Jamal Adams now. Was it fun watching him just get cooked by Julian Edelman? Um, you know, yeah, honestly, I, I, I kind of like watching Jamal play. Yeah. Um, I definitely just, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, right. but 
But I'm definitely, he I'm, definitely I'm definitely there for the Seahawks and good for him for and, playing well. So yeah, whatever. and he made he made some good plays, uh, you know. But I mean, Julian Edelman was six for six when guarded by him for like 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the in the Seattle secondary. That's their glaring weakness for me. And so when I look at this and I say, okay, they looked they they held their own. They still let up a lot of points, but they were able to stop a lot of short yarded situations against the the Patriots and kind of how they want to run. The Cowboys, meanwhile, it's just spread the ball out, deep passes to Cooper, Gallup, um, CeeDee Lamb. I think it's going to be a closer game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I took the over of 55. Um, now it's up to 56.5. Um, I think that this is going to be just both offenses going back and forth all day. The Seahawks still end up winning this one because they are the better team, and I think that it you know, could be you know, a, a game-winning field goal, or maybe the Cowboys are trying to storm back down three and then a, a late play is made by the Seattle defense. I think the Cowboys are still a really good team. I think the Seahawks are a little better, but five points was a little too much for me, so I'm going Cowboys plus five. Um, so that'll we go. Be, that'll be a fun one to it, watch. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. I, both of these offenses are so exciting this year. Um, yep. Onto a game that probably won't be as as, as interesting. We've got the two and Arizona Cardinals hosting the 0-2 Detroit Lions. Cardinals uh, so far, you know, you take a look. They shocked. They had the shocker of Week One beating the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Week two, they had a pretty easy matchup with the Washington football team, took care of them easily. The Lions, meanwhile, they blow a huge fourth quarter lead to the Chicago Bears in week one. They follow that up by getting demolished by the Packers. Um, this one opens up Cardinals at home, minus six. Ted, what's the breakdown for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, this is just it's one, of, one of the teams that I think is going to be um, a better team in the league this year against a team that I just don't think is that talented mm -hmm. um i just like i said last week i'm i'm in on the cardinals i believe in the cardinals um i like what i'm seeing from them um in the way kyler's playing and moving the offense he's another mvp candidate um so i just no reason to bet against them when they're playing a bad team so i'm taking the cardinals minus six yep uh easy breakdown for me good team against a bad team Cardinals, to me, they're going to start off the season 6-1, and 7-2. and two. They're going to have a really good start to the season. The, the losses probably pile up when they start having to play the Rams and the Seahawks twice a year. So they have a really favorable first-half schedule. So um, I think they take care of this one pretty easily. Uh, Kyler will be in that MVP running through the first half of the season. It, it really, really where the Cardinals lie down to me is like how much momentum can they gain in the first half of the season that when it comes to playing teams like the Seahawks and the Rams, how will you do against both of those teams? Right. Um, you still have to play the 49ers once again, but obviously, you know, their season's a little iffy right now. I'm with you. This isn't a tough one for me to break down. Cardinals minus six, the move to three and zero. Lions will move to zero and three, and probably a, a couple weeks away from moving on from uh, Matt Patricia in my eyes. Um, so let's move it on to the uh, last late afternoon game, and we'll go into Sunday night and Monday night football. Uh, we have got the. Let me see why, why can't I find the game right now. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one and one bounce back victory against the Carolina Panthers after losing to the New Orleans Saints in Week One, taking on the 0-2 Broncos, who, like we said, just with the Jets and some of these other teams in football, just a devastating list of injuries that they're dealing with. Tackles, uh, Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Drew Locke, uh, Jeff Driscoll is going to be in at quarterback. Uh, the Bucks, despite being on the road, open up as six and a half point favorites. Ted, is this an easy one, or or am I am I giving up on the Broncos too quick? No, you know I do think it's an easy. I think because of all those things you just said, um, mm -hmm. I think it's just simple to take the Bucks. Um, 
minus six and a half. Now, I'm, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to buy into these newly put together teams um, mm. quickly, you know, and they yeah. beat the, uh, the Panthers last week, who, like you said before, are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Um, but I'm going to pick the Bucks. I, I definitely think they have the talent, and I, I'm not anyone who's ever going to say that Tom Brady's washed up um, until I see it, you know, for a mm-hmm. full season. But, yeah. but it's just it's hard for me to buy in. Um, if they were playing a better team, I'd probably be more um, wary. But, but I'm going to pick the Bucks pretty confidently here. Yeah, I it, the Tom Brady thing. So I'm going to pick the Bucks pretty easily too, minus six and a half. I think that this is just an easy win for him. Just where where the Broncos are at right now, um, Todd Bowles has done a terrific job for that for that defense. Um, they they have looked great uh, to start the year. I'll say even even against a team like the Saints, you know the Saints are usually a team that could put up high thirties, put up a lot of points, um, and they did put up high points against the Buccaneers. But you have to consider a pick six, short uh, field, you know opportunities. So. Um, I, I'm really impressed by the Bucks' defense. It'll carry this offense while they kind of get in a groove. I agree it doesn't look great yet, but it's it's going to get there. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Just where we're at right now with, with the Broncos, the injuries that they have, I think that they got to kind of toss it up this season and just kind of get ready for 2021. Um, Buccaneers win this one by at least a touchdown to me too. Yeah. Um, really, really great primetime games that we have this week. I mean, God, we, we've got Sunday night football uh, Aaron Rodgers traveling to take on Drew Brees. Um, Packers have looked have looked brilliant the first two weeks. They really have picked apart teams like the um, you know week one who uh, oh my god who do they play week one they played the Vikings and then the Lions just decimated both of those defenses. Um, defense is looking strong. The run game has looked great in Green Bay. Um, still to me the problem always is is like can we please give a give them a wide receiver too. Please, right. you know, it was going to be Devin Funches this year, but he opted out, um, you know, because of uh, COVID. Um, you know, Lazard, you've got Valdez Scantling, like all those guys can be, you know, they're they're not awful options at number two receiver. But can we just give him someone? Like if if Pat Mahomes can have Miko Hardman as his wide receiver three, like can we just give Patrick Mahomes like? I don't know. It's it's just frustrating to me because I think that the offense would just go so much better with another option outside of Devontae Adams, who also uh, game status is in question right now. Um, so that's one thing you have to consider when looking at the Packers. Meanwhile, the Saints, uh, still no word on Michael Thomas yet. I'm still on the side of, like, let's just wait. If you guys are going to try and contend for a title, wait. Make sure Michael Thomas is 150% healthy. You're going to make the playoffs. you just got to give him some time to get back to, to form. Uh, they did they did get the, the crap kicked out of them against the, the Raiders on Monday Night Football. It wasn't a, a great showing at all for them. Um, they got up to a really early lead, and then kind of just things fell flat from there. Um, and, and the offense definitely looks a little questionable without Michael Thomas around. Um, Ted, Saints open this one up. They are three-point favorites at home. Pick them game on, on on a neutral field. So where are you going with this? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. Obviously, yeah. I'm excited to watch this game. This is just two great okay. teams. Um, and I, I think you kind of, you just touched on it, but the, the Devontae Adams injury and the Michael Thomas injury is kind of going to be the story here for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints just did not, I mean, I said last week, I said Drew Brees can be Drew Brees without Michael Thomas. But I just, I I did not see it last week, and and I was very disappointed um, in Emmanuel Sanders last week. I mm-hmm. I've always kind of liked Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he's always kind of floated around the league, and and 
I've always just thought he could be better than um, he actually ever was. Yeah. But last week was just very disappointing. Um, so for me, it, if Thomas is playing, I'm going to ride the Saints. Um, but if not, I just think the Packers are too talented. Um, but this is a game I don't plan on betting it, really. I just think it's two great teams. I'd rather just sit down and watch. But I'm going to pick the Saints if Thomas plays. If he doesn't play, then I'm picking the Packers. So I don't really know mm-hmm. what so, that means for our graphic. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, I'll put, I'll just keep, we'll leave a note of that. We'll see if they're, if, if it's confirmed, because I think we should know uh, unless he's considered questionable after today's practices. I'll make the, I'll just make an adjustment on the graphic Sunday morning. Um, so we'll see, because I agree with you. That, that is a huge injury that you have to consider. Um, injuries or not, I, I'm, I'm taking the Packers plus three. I'm taking them to win. Um, to me, I, I, I got a lot of crap from people talking to me this past week because I was too, maybe a little, they, they said I was a little too harsh on Drew Brees um, by the way that he performed on Monday Night Football. Uh, he looked really bad. He did. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look good. And I always say this about the Saints, and, and I, I don't try and crap on Drew Brees' career, but I think consistently he has always had one of the easiest offenses to work with where it's just all dialed up, easy completions, don't do a whole lot. Um, so once he was trailing, we got to see what Drew Brees really looks like when he's not protecting the lead, and it wasn't good. And, it, and if Michael Thomas isn't there again, I feel even better about taking the Packers um, plus three. I think that in terms of secondaries, this might be the best one that they're facing all year. Just, you know, um, you know, a guy like Jair Alexander. Um, I was never in on the Emmanuel Sanders hype train when he signed with New Orleans. I think that for the 49ers, if Kyle Shanahan looked at his wide receiver depth chart and said, oh, we don't need Emmanuel Sanders, um, and, 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 you know, instead we want to move forward with, you know, trusting young guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I think that's pretty telling to where Emmanuel Sanders was at at this point in his career. So um, out, without Michael Thomas, this offense doesn't have consistency. Um, defensively, I think that the Packers will get things done. Um, you know, I, I would love to see them utilize tight ends a little bit more. I think we saw that, you know, the, the Saints can be exposed on defense, defense against good tight end play. Um, I, I got the Packers. They're one of my favorite teams uh, this year, just as they were last year. I'm taking them to win this one and uh, move to three zero. While the Saints fall to a surprising one and two start for them. Yeah, and you know, I think you just convinced me. I just, I just, the Saints just did not do it for me last week. No. I, I'm going to take the Packers. Plus no, three. It, the thing is, is that the Raiders, while they looked really good offensively, and I don't want to, you know, take too much away from the Saints' defense. The Raiders do have one of the worst defenses in football. Like, it is one of the worst, especially in the front seven. And, you know, I, I love Sean Payton, and I think he tries to make things as easy as possible for Drew Brees. But if this is a back-and-forth game where maybe the Saints don't jump out to I mean, even though even if they jump out to an early lead, we just saw them blow a 17-0 lead to the Raiders. So it's like, I, I just I think that the Packers right now have things rolling. Of course, without Devontae Adams, that makes me less confident, but I still think um, I, I'm still taking the better quarterback here. I'm taking the, you know, right around the same talent-wise on defense. I, I just think that the Packers, to me, I think the Packers are just on a mission this year. I, I, I love what they got cooking. So, um, have, so yeah. are, are you swayed, or do you still want to wait it out for the injuries? No, nope, no. Nope. Give me the Packers. All right, perfect. You I love it. Me. All right, man. So, we hey. I, we we got Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers all raise you to Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Monday yeah, Night Football is going to be unbelievable. Uh, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Ravens. What we all wanted is the AFC title game last year, and then, of course, the Ravens were spoiled by the Titans. Um, 
really just really the two best teams in football to me um, right now, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Ravens open up this one minus three and a half. Uh, no real injuries to take a look at with either team as long as I'm thinking correctly. I don't think there's anything glaring for either of these teams. Um, Ravens opening up as slight favorites at home. Uh, really interested to see where you go with this one, Ted. Yeah, but this is this this week is just I feel like it's just matchups of just teams that are on the similar levels. Mm-hmm. Packers Saints, Chiefs Ravens. I mean, it's just it, it's going to be a fun fun week of football. Yeah. I'm picking the Chiefs. I just I think they're they're the better team. Now, if this was the playoffs, I would be more confident in my bet, mm-hmm. but um you know, it's two of the best team, probably the two best teams in the league and one of them's getting given three and a half points. So, yeah. I'm taking the Chiefs. I I believe in the Chiefs more than I believe in the Ravens. Um, and it's just obviously the Ravens are a great team, but but for me it's just it's Chiefs. So I don't even really know what to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm probably overthinking this one a little bit too much. I'm going the opposite way as you. I'm going Ravens minus three and a half. Um, and I'm probably reading into to last week's win over the Chargers a little bit too much. But I will say the tackle play by the Chiefs was abysmal. And, um, and Pat, Pat looked uncomfortable for the majority of that game. You know, they were able to pull out the win, and it was a very close victory. But Mahomes didn't have any time at all. And that Ravens front seven is ferocious. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so deep. It's well coached. Um, so I am, I am worried about how the, um, I am worried about how the, the Chiefs tackles are going to hold up against the Ravens defense. And, and to me, this is the storyline of like, the Chiefs are to me lose this one, and then in the AFC title game they win it and move on to the Super Bowl. Like that's where I see like in terms of storylines this playing out. I think that the Ravens, um, and kind of like what we saw last year, the Ravens were the better regular season team. You know the Chiefs struggled at times in the regular season. They had to deal through adversity, some narrow wins, some injuries, losing Mahomes for a couple weeks. To me, the Ravens will be the better regular season team, so I'm going to take them to win here. But I agree with what you said. If it if it was in the postseason, I'm taking the Chiefs all day. Uh, that's the one thing that we haven't seen Lamar Jackson do is pull himself out of out of you know uh, deficits and be able to come back and win games. Um, I'm probably over like I said. I'm probably overthinking this too much because I'm I'm the biggest you know Chiefs fan out there. Um, you know, in terms of just rooting for what they've got going on right now. Um, but I love this Ravens defense. It only got better than it was last year. Um, the the one for this game, what'll be really interesting is I think the team that wins this is whatever can whatever team can get things going on the ground first. Um, look, Mark Ingram hasn't looked great uh, the first two weeks of the season, and Dobbins is still a young guy trying to figure out his way in the NFL. Um, and, and then meanwhile. You know, Clyde, Clyde didn't look that good against the, the rush attack of uh, the, the run defense of the Chargers. And the Ravens, like I said, I was just, you know, uh, glowing about their front seven. So to me, I know that this game is Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. But a lot of this, uh, you know, whatever team comes on top, I think is going to be whatever one can really get things going on the ground. And in terms of just taking a look at the matchups with offensive lines versus defensive lines, I have more faith in Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins getting things moving than I do Clyde Edwards of Hilaire. So interesting. Yeah. So I just also want to just throw in this is a game I'm just going to take the over. Yeah. Simply because you don't want to not be in on the over in a game yeah. like this. So mm-hmm. just Perfect. throwing that out there. 
All right, man. So yeah, so I, I agree with that one. Um, let me see if there are any other bets that I'm going to pull up the bets that I've already taken this week outside of spreads to, to see. But uh, Ted, I, I we were going to do this. What are your what are your three favorite bets for this week? Yeah, so I actually have four. I don't know if you want to add yeah, one no, or not. But. I'll throw one in there. <laughs> but so for me, I, I think Falcons over Bears um, seems like a lock. Um, Cardinals over Lions. I really like the Texans plus four against the Steelers. Um, and then I'm going to throw in the, the Seahawks minus five against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones I just like the most. Um, I think they have the, the highest chance to win, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just to reiterate Falcons minus three and a half Texans plus four Seahawks minus five and Cardinals minus six that's what I like yeah let me see if I'm gonna give you four I'm gonna go with the Cardinals I agree I think they win by a touchdown so I'll make that one of my confident ones um I also have the over of 54 and a half in that game so I think it'll be a high scoring affair there um I feel really good about the Titans minus two and a half I'm worried about Vegas knowing something that I don't but I see a really good team against a really bad one so I'll go with the Titans minus two and a half I still, I, I know there's a lot of injuries, but I love the 49ers minus four against just a, a really bad team. I, I think it's a really good coach with, you know, still, you know, a, a little bit more talent than what the Giants have. So 49ers minus four. And then a fourth one. Man, um, where am I going to go with my fourth? You know, I, I talked about it and I felt really confident in it. I'm going to go with the Packers plus three. Um, I, you know, I'm just thinking of when I talk through these games, which ones I felt most confident about, and that one had to be up there. So my, my four best are going to be 49ers minus four, Titans minus two and a half, um, Cardinals minus six, which we both agree on, and then Packers plus three. So um, I agree with you. I think we said at the beginning of the, the episode that these matchups are uh, – these spreads are way scarier than last week. We definitely didn't feel as confident as we did last week. So uh, it will be really interesting to see how we do. Um, and, and yeah, uh, other bets that I have right now, I took the, the first half under in the Bucks broncos um, I took Ravens minus three in the first half. And I took Packers to score over 23.5 points. Those are my biggest bets I have out there so far. Um, I love it, man. Yeah. Well, perfect, let's man. Let's make some money this week. Yeah, yeah, let's make some money. Hopefully you guys uh, you know, loved what we talked about and got some insight on where you want to go with your picks for the week against the spread. Um, we'll be back next week just doing this, hopefully with the same amount of success as we had in week one. Uh, Teddy, best of luck to your Jets this week. I will be rooting against them. Uh, Viciously, so I hope that the Colts can uh, move to two and one. So sorry about that, but hopefully we get closer to firing Adam Gase. Anything you want to say before we uh, close this thing up? Um, no, just fire Adam Gase. Yeah, fire Adam That's Gase. We, got. The, we got to get the hashtag trending. There are uh, protests going on for it right now, so hopefully we can get that soon. But um, all right, man, thanks for doing this again. Uh, we'll talk soon. I appreciate you coming on, and, and hopefully we make some money this week. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks for having me. I am. Take care. See ya. See ya, buddy.